Hello and welcome once again. It is me, your commissioner, your host, Cody Carlicker, and this is the Sinbin Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we got the Cody and Cody Show. My guest is the new guy, Cody Billick. Cody, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. How's everyone else doing out there? I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're okay. Uh, some oh. better than some better than others. Half of uh, us, at least. Namely, namely uh, Kevin O'Brien and Metzger not doing better than most. Uh, <laughs> however, we'll get to that later. We'll get to the week's results. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what to expect uh, with your free agent auction budget coming to, er, tonight and tomorrow. But I think the main reason why I wanted to bring you on the pod today, Cody, mm-hmm. is that nobody really knows you that well other than other than somewhat Mike and somewhat Waloka. So I wanna I wanna get to know you a little bit. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like where are you from? Uh where I mean what did you do in high school? What did you do in college? What are you doing now for work? Uh I think that would help everybody get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. Um so I know at least half of the guys in this league are Palatine guys. So I'm also a Palatine guy, but however I grew up on the other side of Palatine. Uh I know some of the guys in this league went to Palatine High School. I grew up on the south side of Palatine, so I went to Fremd High School, uh, Palatine Rivals. So, um, yeah, I I know I know um, Mike through our our wives. Uh, they were friends in high school, and I also hung out with Courtney and their group uh, group of friends in high school. So I've known Courtney for a long time, and Mike asked me to be in this league this year, and I happily accepted. Um, I went to college at Northern Illinois. Uh, Great, great D1 football pro, uh, program up there. Uh, Better in university, though. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, for, for MAC Conference, uh, uh, NIU's always been such a great program, uh, produced a lot of NFL players. Shout out Kenny Galladay. Got to watch him uh, before he went pro, so that was really cool. Uh, played hockey up there. Uh, and now I'm a teacher at uh, Waukegan High School in their alternative cool. high school. Michael Turner center. also played there. That's right, Michael Turner, uh, which we were talking about. My uh, my principal is Kevin Turner, his younger brother. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yes. It's amazing. I, like, did, like, how does that even happen? Well, they're from North Chicago. Oh, are they? Okay. Yes. So uh, the Turner family is originally from North Chicago, and uh, Michael Turner is one of the only MAC Conference, well, he's probably the only MAC Conference running back to ever beat Alabama. In a college football game, I think circa 2006 that happened. Got it. So yeah, my principal, uh, my boss out in Waukegan is Michael Turner's younger brother. That's amazing. So did you did you play any football in high school, or is like how did how did you how did you get into football? Yeah, I I did not play football uh, ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, I grew up playing hockey, baseball, soccer. Um, got into hockey at a really young age and that's what took me all the way through college playing hockey and stuff like that um my dad was a, a baseball player his whole life went to western illinois and played minor league ball for the Sox. oh okay White Sox. so the cubs didn't give him a tryout uh as you wear your world series shirt your cubs world series shirt um and my dad also grew up on the south side so uh easy being Sox fans in our family um the other thing is that um I am a huge football fan. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up watching Notre Dame football and the Bears my whole life. Uh, my sister was born, a, uh, she was a year old when the Bears won the 85 Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Uh, so we have a picture of her and her little Bears cheerleading outfit and stuff like that. So um, grew up a huge Bears fan, huge Notre Dame football fan. Uh, I love the contact sports, obviously hockey, football. Um, fantasy-wise, 
this is my first year back in two years playing fantasy again. I used to be commissioner of a family league, used to be in some buddies' leagues. Got super frustrated with it and stuff like that, so I took a couple years off. But I'm glad to be back, and I think uh, I'm in it for the long haul. Uh, yes, fantasy football uh, can be very frustrating. I talked to Mike last week about a new podcast that I started listening to called uh, The Hottest Takes on The Ringer. Uh, and one of their, uh, essentially the, the concept of the podcast is, like, let's just throw out some ridiculous takes, like the most ridiculous of takes, and then let's make an argument for and against them. And it's like an eight-minute podcast, and it's amazing. It's so much fun. But one of the first episodes was, fantasy football actually isn't fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, I, I feel like I go through this all the time. Like, I, I feel like in most of my leagues, I'm a perennial playoff guy, but I have never, I've been playing fantasy football for maybe 15 years at this point. I've never won a championship. And, and you know what? It comes down to luck the same. It's the same thing. Absolutely. It, there's, you can call fantasy football skill, whatever. Drafting's a whole different story, but look. Look at all the injuries this year. Mm-hmm. We have a ton of guys in our leagues with first, second round picks that are, are already have huge injuries, some out for the year, some out for six, eight weeks. You never know what's going to happen. It's fantasy football. It's all about having fun with your friends. And uh, I'm just looking forward to maybe gain a new group, group of friends here. So you mentioned that you're you're a little bit rusty with, with yes, fantasy football. Yes, I am. I think... Everybody found that out whenever you sent the email saying that you were going to keep Greg Olson as your fifth round pick. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor here. What went through your mind whenever you decided, yep, that's what I'm going to do? Yeah, um, I know. I I walked in the basement and everyone went, oh, the new guy, Greg Olson, fifth round keeper, what the hell? Uh, My thought was, what the hell did I get left with this year? This team that I got, uh, LeVeon Bell, first round, which I got anyway with the second overall uh, overall pick. Tyreek Hill, second round, uh, injured. Not going to play through week five, maybe even week six. T.Y. Hilton, third round. Uh, With Andrew Luck being out, I don't trust him getting the ball uh, consistently, consistently. Um, Derrick Henry, fourth round. That was my uh, other, okay, maybe I can go with him. But at the same time, Titans offense, I don't know. You never know with that. Uh, I know he's a beast. Uh, I know what he did throughout college, but the NFL's a whole different monster. Um, Greg Olson, fifth round, obviously you know the story there. My next two after that, Alfred Morris, sixth round, Kelvin Benjamin, ninth round. Not even on NFL teams. Free agents. Kelvin Benjamin, a first round 2014 NFL draft pick. Yep. Uh, No option there. Philip Rivers was my other, uh, maybe I could do this. But you know what? I can draft a quarterback in the 8th, ninth round, which I think I did with Drew Brees. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, 7th round Drew Brees. Unfortunately hurt. Again, one of those unforeseen circumstances. And then Justin Tucker, 13th round kicker. So what we were talking about a little earlier before the podcast started was tight ends. Tight ends, they're not reliable. And you're seeing that with O.J. Howard on your team. Uh, being a Bucks fan, like we were talking about, uh, getting to know uh, Cody with the K a little bit more, uh, O.J. Howard is not what, you know, the tight end that he's supposed to be in fantasy. This no, week. he's not. Yeah. He's not. He's, he's been awful, and it's been very frustrating. Uh, and as you can, as many can tell, I'm rostering three tight ends right now, and I don't know who to start on a given, given week. So I can, I can attest to that. However, you didn't have to keep anyone. That's right. <laughs> and... Uh, 
I think I dropped the ball on that because I didn't realize I didn't have to ah, meet someone. Ah, that's what it is. So, um, but you know what? When I look at Greg Olson, I've had him in the past, and he's usually a reliable tight end. I know he's gone through some injuries and stuff, but when you look at the tight end position, he's you... been reliable this year, even. I mean, even with yeah. the shitty last week, but like, he, yeah. I mean, he put up a couple of really good weeks. You know, I dropped him, and we all know that story. Bob picked him up, had a great twenty-two point week with him, but sure did. I've got Austin Hooper, <laughs> and Austin Hooper's put up a great two last week. So when you play him, when I play, <laughs> I didn't play him week three. Yeah, uh, that was a bad circumstance as well, and. Uh, but Greg Olson as a tight end, unless you have someone like Travis Kelsey, who's literally a number one target on mm-hmm. that Chiefs offense, um, I think you can also make you know ar- an argument for. Um, well, I'm blanking. Uh, George Kittle. Yeah, or George Zachary. Kittle. Yeah, someone, someone Zachary. Yeah, exactly. You know, some offenses that utilize tight ends more often than are that are usually uh, receiving um, or pass receivers and not so much blockers for the run game. I, I think you can you can trust those guys more. Cam Newton with with Greg Olson. Cam Newton's more of a running quarterback. Yep. You see Jake Allen come in, and Jake Allen's from Baltimore. Kyle Allen. I'm sorry, Kyle Allen. Yep. I'm thinking Josh Allen. You're good. Out of my head. My bad. You're good. My bad. My bad. So yeah, um, you see different schemes in that Carolina offense, and that's I, I think that's why Greg Olson had a huge week three. If Cam's still in the game, I don't think Greg Olson has that big. It's, I mean, like, typically with, with a, well, I mean, it, it goes back and forth. Typically with, with new quarterbacks, less experienced quarterbacks, they throw to their tight ends more than your typical pocket passers, uh, veterans in the league. Um, all that being said, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, obviously, it doesn't seem like you'd go back and make that same decision again. No, not at uh, all. <laughs> but that's where we are. And, and, and let's go into this week's actual results here. So let's start with with your matchup here. So unfortunately, uh, in the most ugly matchup of, of fantasy football, uh, not just this week, but uh, probably over the last several years, uh, taking the L, sixty six point six points, the devil's number, to uh, <laughs> losing to Ned uh, at seventy six points. Uh, you did start the correct tight end this week, Austin Hooper, seventeen point five points, uh, but. Adam Thielen only getting you 1.6. Hollywood Brown only getting you 4.2. Like, where do you go from here, man? Yeah, uh, from here, uh, I, I just got to keep an optimistic uh, uh, approach. Um, I, you know, I, I looked at my roster this week, and I started Daniel Jones against Washington thinking that he was going to put up the same numbers he did last week. Uh, 34.2 last week when he start, uh, you know, came out uh, – as a starter against Eli, and I, I kind of crunched some numbers and I made myself a little more, a little bit more optimistic. So my week four starting lineup: Daniel Jones, Frank Gore, Ter- uh, Tariq Cohen, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Austin Hooper, uh, Hollywood Brown, Rams defense, and Stephen Hauschka. Okay, I took their best week so far and added them all up, and it adds up to 182.5. Okay, listen, but that's best case scenario. It's best case scenario, but listen, it makes you optimistic. Because 182 points in our league, that's a lot. That's a ton of points. So Absolutely. If, they're, if they all can put together an average of that, it's better than 66.6, I'll tell you that. Even half of that, I'm still in contention with Ned this week. Um, well, anybody should have beat Ned this week. Yeah. <laughs> 
that, uh, I don't think anyone expected the Rams Bucks game to be that high scoring, and with that kind of, and with that being my defense, it really kind of screwed me up. Well, definitely, and they bailed you out. I mean, even getting a, a pick six, you know, yeah. it could have been even worse. Than it could have been negative. Yeah, yeah, negative for me. So uh, uh, going forward with me is just optimism, and I, and you know, having um, I think Le'Veon Bell this week as my buy kind of hurt me too. Um, he's reliable, especially with the Jets being in their uh, third-string quarterback, running the ball a lot. He's getting a lot of touches. Uh, I think I could have made up for that extra 10 points and beaten Ned this week. But you know what? Bye weeks are bye weeks. It's fantasy football, as we said before. It sucks. It hurts. We cry over it. Don't know why, but uh, going forward from here, I think I just got to be optimistic and make the right choices, like putting in Austin Hooper when he's actually going to put some points up. Yeah, Hooper's been actually, like, You've seen it over the last few years, and I don't actually, you know, if you pay attention to fantasy football, you've actually, you would actually notice, like, Hooper's slowly, I think it's, he's in his fourth year, but slowly got more and more targets throughout the years with Matt Ryan, and I don't think it's crazy to think that Austin Hooper's going to be a top five tight end this year, this year. So, I, I mean, I think that you have that going for you. Maybe you can flip him later for, for some extra pieces if you need it. Keenan Allen and Adam Thielen should be solid pieces going forward, but you know, I, and we talked about Adam Thielen with uh, calling out Kirk Cousins this week. Right, you're also going up against a huge, you know, mon- monster Bears defense. Um, they they and, showed and, up, and, and it was, I mean, like it was their, obviously that their their goals were to shut down Adam Thielen, shut down da- Dalvin Cook. That's right. They succeeded, and they did, and yeah. and they did that without three of their defensive starters. So That's imagine true. when Akeem Hicks comes Man, back. What do you? What's going on with this Roquan Smith situation? Like, do you have any any feel on that? You know what? I so funny thing is, I got a story uh, the other day from one of my buddies I played NIU hockey with, and apparently he's dating his cousin right now. Oh, so um, he he got ruled out as a personal thing, and um, I'm pretty sure it has to do with uh, family situations happening this weekend, and that's why he didn't play football. Okay, uh, on, on Sunday. Um, so it's not any, so, you don't think it's any legal thing? No. You don't think it's like no, some freak injury that nobody's no, talking about? No, I, I think something happened uh, in his personal life with his family that happened uh, abruptly over the weekend. And I'm not saying I'm an inside source at all, but um, I do know that... Well, we do have inside sources here on the Sinbin. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I don't think the Roquan Smith situation is anything okay. uh, serious to look forward to in the future. I, I think he'll be back next week in, in London. He'll travel with the team and play. That's good. Uh, yeah. it, I, I will have to admit, as, as many of you know, I, I am a Buccaneers fan. Um, but the more and more I hear a lot of these Bears players talk, like, man, they are so likable. Yeah. Like, you, you hear Akeem Hicks talk on oh, yeah. uh, ESPN 1000. And he's always and, on Monday mornings. Gosh, yeah, he's or just, on Monday during Monday the day after, or whatever. Afternoons, afternoons, yeah. Yeah. He's just like, he's, how can you not like that guy? I mean, like, it's, it's, that's what makes you fall in love with the team. That's what makes me fall, I mean, made me fall in love with this Cubs roster. Is like, how can you not like Anthony Rizzo or Javi Baez, you know, right. guys that just fucking balls to the wall grind. Exactly. Um, and, and, and same thing on the Sox side, I got to say. Timmy Anderson, he just won the AL batting title. Damn right. Um, James McCann as a catcher. Uh, and, hey, thanks Cubs for Jimenez because uh, we'll take that in left field any day. Yep. But, and, and that's the thing. You get to like these players, and these players love this town. And even though these organizations have struggled and struggled and struggled, you fall in love with these guys' personalities, and, and they really give you some hope for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into the next matchup, yes, um, just want to touch on 
Ned finally getting some production out of Todd Gurley, which has got to make him happy. Twenty-two and a half points, but still only like I think I think he got less than twenty yards rushing, and that's got to make him nervous. I don't know if he tries to see if he can move on from from Gurley or uh, or, or what he's going to do at the running back position. But seventy-six points and a win. You love the win, but that's got to make you nervous still. Let's look at it this way: rushing yards, uh, sixteen yards rushing for one point six points. Uh, 54 receiving yards for 5.4. So, I mean, of course Gurley shows up this week when, you know, Ned's playing me and has to, uh, you know, I put up 66.6 points and he gets a nice uh, little 10-point lead over me to win this week. But uh, Gurley's been struggling. And I yeah. think that's pretty obvious to say. I, I wonder I wonder when Malcolm Brown's going to come through. Uh, and I'm sure that Radio's wondering the same thing, as Radio spent a ton of money on him after week one. However, he is still our only undefeated team in the That's league. That's right. He's yeah. sitting at 4 0 and uh, beating the lowly Kevin O'Brien, bring Jay back uh, team. Kevin only putting up 74.1. Uh, first question to you this was actually a question submitted from somebody in the league. As a new guy in the league, how long did it take you to realize that Kevin O'Brien sucked? Uh, I was there on draft day. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin O'Brien. Okay. So he did win the league last year. And all credit to him. And he's been wearing that on his sleeve for a year. Almost a year. Um, but things are not looking good. Saquon getting hurt. Pittsburgh defense being his top scorer this week at 19 points. Russell Wilson being the next top at 14.3. And then his three receivers that he started. 14 points total. Where do you go from here if you're Kevin O'Brien? Uh, you know what? Your running backs suck. <laughs> um, you know what? I had a bad week, but I think Kevin O'Brien on this uh, uh, this week four running back situation with uh, Philip Lindsay and Sony Michelle, he was talking of Sony Michelle like Sony Michelle was going to be God's gift to the world this year on that uh, New England. Uh, Offense and that's just not the case. And uh, but listen, Kev, as much as I'm just messing around, um, I got Tariq Cohen, so it's just as miserable for me as it is with, uh, for you uh, with Sony Michelle. But I do want to point out both of their defenses outscored all of their other players this week. Yep, that's right. So uh, yeah, radio and we gave a t- radio a ton of shit for putting four dollars on the Patriots D. After the week one FAB, F-A- FAAB, it's coming, it's coming to uh, really pay off for him. Was it 23 points for the past D? Yeah. Outpacing everybody. Everybody else has basically did their job for radio in a 105.5 effort. That's right. Keeping that undefeated streak alive. Uh, carrying over from fantasy baseball. Uh, Kevin just can't get get rid of Radio. Radio beat Kevin in the fantasy baseball playoffs. Radio wins the championship by a home run in in uh, in, the, in the championship, and now he's just carrying over and just kicking some ass, taking some names. Who is gonna knock him off that pedestal? Pedestal, we will find out. I'm sorry, Kevin. It's been a rough week for you, uh, fantasy overall was, but a uh, great matchup there though. Um... You know, uh, it's it's crazy when two defenses definitely outscore the rest of your team. But radio, all your guys showed up uh, at least for an average. So yep. that's a big win. 
Let's go ahead and talk about uh, my very, very difficult loss coming uh, coming la- or Sunday night. Uh, I take the L to Jerome, 123 to 121.6, and it came off of a late, meaningless catch off of Ezekiel Elliott, uh, putting Jerome over me. Uh, I, in, in all fairness, I called this a couple weeks ago. Jerome was sitting at 0-2. But I looked at his roster, and he's had Zeke and Fournette sitting there. Uh, I I thought that he had a good chance to to get back on the right track, and lo and behold, Fournette getting him twenty five and a half points this week. He makes a very shrewd move, picking up Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford or in uh, FAAB, I think he ended up paying you know six, seven, eight dollars something like that for him. But twenty three points for him, and what really killed me was Eric Ebron. One catch, 48 yards, touchdown. That's really what did it in. Delaney Walker only got me .9. I'm just battling just this this awfulness at the middle-tier tight end level where you never know what your tight end's going to give you. And he rolled the dice. It worked out. Jerome gets the win, goes to 2-2. Two and two. I'm at 2-2. Two and two. Um... Lots of question marks up there for, for a lot of these 2-2 two two teams. So, you know what? I'm just going to give a quick shout-out because I know there's a good amount of U of I guys in this league, but I'm going to shout-out Kenny Galladay for 21.2 points this week. Um, you know, last week against Philly, he put his low of the season down in the last four weeks, uh, 2.7. But listen, week one, 12.2. Week two, 21.7. And week four, 21.2. Looks like that... Uh, NIU wide receiver up in uh, Detroit's not uh, too shabby for uh, Jerome's sake. No, uh, fair to say NIU football program is heading in the right direction. Uh, U of I is still struggling. So, so before we get into the other matchup, I, I just this, this triggered in my head. Like, you're a Sox fan. Most of the guys in this league are Cubs fans. All right, but you're also a Bears fan, and sure. I, I've always been curious about this being from downstate. And you know what? In general, like I feel like you always like rank your teams with like favoritism. Um, you know, I I grew up Cubs were num- were my number one, and nobody really cared about the Sox, and I fucking hate the Cardinals. But I also the, like Illinois basketball is my number two, and I fucking hate Mizzou. <laughs> Understandable. So, um, I, I don't know. I think it's just basically a lot of my friends went to Mizzou, and uh, I don't. I'll take one. I, yep. You're okay. You want to? Yeah. Um, I'll have one more. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, before before I get further into this, uh, this podcast today is brought to you by the Outpost in Pingree Grove. Just getting great service. All right. Uh, I'm getting. I'm just drinking all kinds of Miller Lights. Three bucks a pop. He's drinking that Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Getting real loose. All right. That's right. <laughs> We're getting real loose up here. <laughs> but hey. It's one of the one of the only two bars in our town, so it's all good. <laughs> but never uh, back to, back to what I was saying. Uh, you know, I, I always think like, who's your number one team? And like, actually, really, what I want to get to is like, who would you like rather have, or who would, who really uh, irks you like whenever they win a championship? Is it the Cubs or is it the Packers? Like, what bothers you more? Uh, it's always going to be the Packers, and on top of that, it's always going to be the Patriots. And you know what? Really, the Patriots. Oh, definitely. I, okay. I'm I'm a, such a Patriot hater. Uh, I, I can't stand it anymore. Uh, the game of football. So I'm being a big hockey fan. Uh, always Blackhawks first. Blackhawks, Bears, White Sox. That's my order of uh, Chicago teams, sports wise. 
Um, but my biggest thing is, like, I, I rooted for the Cubs for, for their World Series. That doesn't bother me. I, I hate Cleveland. Cleveland sucks. Cleveland does not rock, as Jim Carrey would want you to think. Um, uh, but watching, a, watching the Packers win a Super Bowl is honestly the worst thing that a Bears fan can go through. Uh, I would take a Cubs championship year after year, year after year, instead of seeing the Packers win one time in my lifetime. Really? Yeah. So I, I feel the same way. I, I remember vividly in 2006, my buddy Aaron, um, Radio, Kev, Metzger, they all know Aaron. He's a huge Cardinal fan. Um, he was actually in Illinois when the Cardinals won the World Series in 06. And... I will always remember watching that and then going into the hallway and just slumping down and putting my head in my hands yeah. and just just hating it. And, and I mean, like it's it's the worst. Like growing up in Central Illinois, no one gives a shit about the White Sox. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that most of the country as well, outside of the South Side of Chicago. That's, that's right. But it's it's either Cubs fan or Cardinals fans, and I mean, like it, it's baseball town. But with NFL, it's like. Pick your team, like we don't care. Like as as a lot of people have picked up on, and I've I've talked about it a little bit. I'm a Buccaneers fan. Like a third of Springfield is Bears fans. A third of Springfield is still Rams fans, and then a third is like, pick your team. Something else. Yeah. Everybody in my in my group of friends back home is. I, I mean, I got a Panthers fan as a friend. I got a, uh, a Vikings fan, uh, Jaguars fan. Panther. I mean, I think I said Panthers. Um, I mean, there's Bears. There's Rams. I mean, there's there's Almost Raiders pick just about any team in the league, and I know somebody that's a fan of that team, which yeah. is crazy. Well, I think when you don't live in a big city with a big team, it's easier to pick outside of that city. Even if even if you live in a state and but you don't live close to the big city like Springfield, yep. you're not close to Chicago. It's easier to pick a team like the Rams because obviously they started in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So I mean, going to LA, those people are still going to be loyal to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother-in-law is a huge Raiders fan. Okay. He grew up in a Bears family. Don't know how that happened, but we watched the Raiders. Guess what? Outside of the NFC, I was a big Steelers fan because I loved Antonio Brown, mm. believe that or not. I've got his Steelers jersey, and I had his Raiders jersey from this year, and I'm ready to have a big bonfire. Oh, shit. <laughs> ready to have a big bonfire with them. You got the Raiders, the Antonio Brown jersey? I do. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, actually, you'll be I able to sell for, that for some decent money. I got 40 bucks like, from China. Uh, I'm going to have to sell it to the Canadian Football League when he goes and plays up there, apparently. But uh, I don't know. And somebody, I think somebody's going to pick him up. I think someone will. Yeah. Uh, He's too talented. Yeah, it'll probably be the freaking Cleveland Browns. It'll probably be the, it'll be the Browns. I mean, like, who else would, like, what other, like, organization that doesn't give a shit about character would pick him up. Have we heard anything about Antonio Brown lately? No, just that he's having the having the nine grievan- grievances. Nine, right? yeah, yeah, record nine grievances. So total darkness. We yeah. don't even know what the hell is going on there. Yeah. But, you know what? Whatever. Uh, we'll get past the Antonio Brown phrase. But that should uh, segue us into the next matchup. I think it does. Uh, uh, you know, Crystal Loco. Chris, Crystal Loco with the second round uh Draft pick of Antonio Brown, pretty damn risky considering his number, uh, num- his first round draft pick being Tyreek Hill, was also injured and still not going to play probably through week six. Yep. Uh, second round meltdown. Uh, I mean, like, just, I mean, like, you can go through Chris's draft, things are not looking the way that he had planned. Now, granted, he got the win this week, a great win 147.6 to 120.5 over Steve, right? Chubb finally having a great week. 
37.8. Devontae Adams, or after I had, or after I called out Chris's team last week for Devontae Adams and James Conner not producing, they both do with around 23 points each. But both are both are now hurt, and now Chris is in another situation where he's got to be pulling his hair out and and stressed out about what he's going to do for the next few weeks until people get healthy or people start actually performing up to their draft value. Well, let's call out my team because uh, I need them to perform this week too, especially because I'm playing Bob. So, but uh, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Chris Waloka here uh, with your first and second round draft picks being total, you know, duds. You've put together a fabulous team here, man. I mean, uh, uh, Carson Wentz went big for you this week. Uh, Kenyon Johnson put up great points as a running back. Nick Chubb finally showed up for you with big, big numbers. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think that's his biggest downfall from this week. Uh, not going to play week five, not going to play week six with that toe injury uh, is what I've been hearing. Uh, Josh Gordon, I don't know with that. Um, He's going to be a hit-or-miss guy. He really is. I, I don't think that's trustworthy week to week. It's. Uh... I, I came out critical of Chris after the draft and thinking that he had everything set up for success and – uh, and I don't think that he made the what I would do as a high floor type players. I think he took just long shots on a lot of players. However, I'm not saying that I'm a draft expert. I thought that Steve had the best team after the draft, and he's sitting at one and three right now. Granted, he put up 120.5, but I mean, it, but Aaron Rodgers until this week hasn't been playing up to par. Uh, Robert Woods hasn't been playing up to par until this week, but the guy that has been actually been playing well, like. Uh, Odell only put up three. So, I mean, it goes to show that you really don't know what you're going to get each week with fantasy football. However, um, like, I'm, uh, you could draft any any or the best the best team in the world, but until the guys get on the field, you don't know what's going to show up. Yeah, and, and and with that being said, I mean, look look at Chris Carson. I mean, he had a great week one, terrible week two, week three. Finally, puts up sixteen point five in week four. Uh, that's another guy for, for Steve that is he trustworthy going forwards? Like, do you? I I mean I think is that, that is this that could that be a good. Could I think flip? That, I mean I think that this could be a big week for Rashad Penny. Yes. Seahawks play on yes. Thursday. Rashad Penny was I I feel like he was specifically held out on Sunday because they knew that they had a quick turnaround on Thursday with the Rams, and now I think that. With Carson's fumble issues, I mean, granted he had a good game in, in week four, but I think with his fumble issues and Rashad Penny having a couple of good or one good week uh, back in week two, um, he might get some, some new carries and or some some more carries and, and bite into Chris Carson's workload. Well, maybe he's uh, finally figuring out how to hang on to the ball. Maybe. Um, so speaking of speaking of draft, uh, we just talked about Chris's. We just talked about Steve's. We also talked about how. Mike Awesome didn't have the best draft. And I think that we all were right on that one as he is sitting at 0-4. We we were all at his house for the draft, but I'm not even sure he was actually there <laughs> consciously. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was in Budweiser Town questionable, during the draft. Questionable at best. Uh, Mike had negative 6 points from Baltimore's D against Cleveland. Only 3.7 from Brady. And all it really took for, for Dan Malnar to beat him was Wayne Gallman, 24.8. Uh, not to mention, all right, not to go back 
towards uh, Kevin completely. Uh, Let's his, do it anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll go backwards. <laughs> we talked about Kevin. Where does he go from here? Uh, he okay. tried to cheaply get Wayne Gallman for thirty-two dollars uh, last week, and we had the best Wednesday ever when we woke up to see Dan Malnar. $61, Wayne Gallman, literally just to spite Kevin O'Brien. And it actually paid off. 24.8 points. Dan's at 2-2. Two and two. Mike Austin's at 0-4. 61.6 to 101.5. My question for you, Cody. Mm-hmm. Does things get better? Do things get better for Mike Austin? Uh, I think they can. But I think what he needs to do... Is flip a Cooper Cup. That's really the only valuable and, piece he has. And I really that. think that is the only thing he has going for him. He does have Melvin Gordon as well. Is he going to play next week? Sounds like he is. However, it sounds like the Chargers are really liking what they're seeing from Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is just the freaking man right now. How do you? How do you? Step back from a guy who held out, right, mm-hmm. uh, from Melvin Gordon. Give Melvin Gordon all these touches when he hasn't been playing through four weeks. And you got someone like Austin Eckler who's putting up huge points. I mean, I don't see how if you're the Chargers head coach, you just automatically throw Melvin Gordon in there. I understand his talent, but give him a few weeks to get back into things. So, so the reason why you do is, I, I believe it was the Houston Texans game where the Chargers were up big. And they needed to just run some clock, and they didn't have a guy to do it. Yeah. Austin Eckler's not the guy to do that. Melvin Gordon is. Justin, Justin Jackson, not the guy to do that. If you have a guy like, like Melvin Gordon who can get you four yards a pop, that game's over. The Chargers ended up losing that game, right? Makes sense. If yes. you have Melvin Gordon, that, that game is over. So I think at worst, Melvin Gordon splitting carries at best – it's the same situation as it was last year. Melvin Gordon's getting tw- 20 touches a game. Eckler's getting 10. And I think that's likely where it ends. Now, is that going to be enough to get him out of that, this 0-4 hole? Probably not. No. However, uh, it's at least a trade piece to maybe get him a, a keeper-worthy player as keepers actually lock in Week 6 this year. So if you, okay. if you grab a player before Week 6... You can keep him for next year. So maybe that's what Mike could be looking at. Uh, I, I still think Cooper Cup, uh, he could definitely um, buy off here for at least a decent running back and somewhat of a more consistent wide receiver. Obviously, Cooper Cup's been the number one out of those three L.A. Rams receivers. But, hey, there's some value in him, and I think he should take advantage of that if he wants to be serious about getting out of the 0-4 slot. All right. Last matchup for the week that we got to talk about the the anomaly, the enigma. We don't, we never know what's going on with this guy. Bob Ob going to three and one over Jake Metzger, one twenty nine to seventy five point three, just mopping the floor with Metzger's bitch ass, dude. Like everybody makes fun of Bob. All right. I first off, I, as a Buccaneer fan. I was not huge on Chris Godwin coming into this year. I thought that O.J. Howard was going to be getting the target share that Godwin is. But Godwin keeps putting up points, 35.2. But the, the real craziness here, the Bears D putting up 16. Greg Zerline also contributing each week to 
crazy amount of points. Uh, 12 last week. The Bears D are averaging 12.5 per game. Greg Zerline averaging 11.25. Now, where, where were they drafted? Like, Zerline was gra- drafted when? Like, the, the seventh round? Yeah, uh, Bob Bob took uh, Zerline in the ninth and the Bears in the seventh. So, as we make fun of Bob for doing that, I think that anybody would love a player that's a starter in those slots over 10 points a game. Like, it's paying off. I, I, I hate to say it. I hate to admit defeat, but, like, it's working. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, Bob with the Bears D, 75% of the time here is reaching 10 or, 10 or more points. 10 points week one, 4 points week two, okay, against Denver. That was a fluke. 20 points against Washington week three, and this week 16 against the Vikings. I mean, they sacked they sacked uh, Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins six times, and they were all over that offense. I mean, all over, and they didn't even have three of their starters. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I just it's it's amazing. And then Zerline, you know, I think he put up a 58 yarder at the end of the half against the Buccaneers. Like that's just like Greg the leg is is real. And I I guess if you're going to reach for a defense or a kicker, you you it it can't work any better than what it is right now. And and conversely, I've given Metzger shit for this in every single podcast. Devontae Freeman having his best week of the year at 14 points. But then you look at Peyton Barber, 7.9, and he's got the running back 30 and running back 31 ranked uh, in the league starting each week. Not to mention, Sammy Watkins, great week, week one. Only 4.9 this past week, and he hasn't really lived up to that week one production. He's getting some great targets, but the touchdowns are going to Hardman and Robinson. So I don't know how much longer Sammy Watkins has in relevancy with the with the Kansas City offense. He's probably going back to that hit or miss kind of guy. And if you look at Metzger's roster, things might be looking a little bleak for the once two and or once two or undefeated starter now going down to two and two. Well, I think another thing with Metzger's roster is uh, the Julian uh, Julian Edelman situation. There, uh, five points this week. I mean. Playing Buffalo, Tom Brady. I mean, that was actually a great game. Um, jo- I, I think if Josh Allen doesn't go out uh, with that concussion in the in the fourth quarter, I think he almost push overtime in that game, or even the Bills win 17-16. But is Julian Edelman really getting all the targets now? I mean, Tom Brady's known for spreading that offense apart, and uh, I think Kevin's getting a huge lick of that with Sony Michelle. Is that? You don't know who Tom Brady's going to half the time. It could be Burkhead. It could be Michelle. Uh, you got uh, White on the other side of the running back game. Yep. And also with the wide receivers, not just the running backs, it's got a big spread. Yep. Uh, you really don't. Uh, I, I, I expect Julian Edelman to bounce back. I expect Sony Michelle to keep getting touches, but you don't know who's going to be scoring the touchdowns. And with the, the production spread out among, among so many people, if you don't get a touchdown, then you're probably not getting much. Right? So, with that being said, it, transitioning to, to the, the free agent side, obviously Metzger needs to make some moves to solidify that running back position. Kevin needs to make some moves to solidify that running back position. Awesome. Who knows what – he needs to do anything to solidify his entire roster. Like, 
But unfortunately, there's there's just not a lot out there this week, is there? Listen, um, there's not. QB-wise, I think your number one this week is James Winston, your Buccaneers buddy. Uh, He's not my buddy. I'll, I'll go on a James Winston <laughs> rant on another podcast. Uh, maybe, a, maybe a whole separate podcast just for that rant. I probably could do 20 uh, minutes. Against New Orleans, though, uh, a defense said... Is decent, but I don't think it's elite. Uh, he's going to put up some points, uh, some points this week. Jacoby Brissett against Kansas City. Kansas City has been giving up big points against a run game, so I don't know with the quarterback, not so big. Uh, Andy Dalton. Oh my God, it's Andy Dalton. So Andy yeah. Dalton was terrible, terrible last night. Running back wise, you got Williams, Samuels, and Bernard. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not much to pick up on our waiver wire this week, uh, running back wise. However, gotta say. Wide receivers wise, you said your buddy uh, U of I man, Geronimo uh, Allison this week. I think that might be your number one wide receiver pickup. He might be the best available, and I'd, I'd love to see him succeed uh, without Devontae Adams. But even in that Packers offense, the Packers offense doesn't look great. I mean, like I mean, they had a decent week against the uh, against the Eagles, but you take you take Devontae Adams out there, that's one less big play threat, and then. I mean, like, honestly, like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked great the last couple of years. Like, I I don't know if Geronimo Allison will be a huge play. I mean, in, in next week's game. Um, I know we're talking about, you know, is he going to be or is he not? But if you look at our waiver wire right now and who there is to pick up, look, look at a Mike Awesome kind of case. He needs a desperate wide receiver. You might want to take a chance on Geronimo just sure. because sure. Devontae Adams is going to be out for week five, maybe even week six is what I'm hearing with his toe. Um, and you got MBS being his probably number one wide out, and then Allison coming in as number two. Uh, Jimmy Graham as his tight end, you know he's not going to – Jimmy Graham doesn't produce his, with, with target share from, from Rodgers. No. It's going to be a lot of run game, especially against Dallas. And with that air game, you know Rodgers can air it out. So if Rodgers is on against Dallas, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. It could be. It could be. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out there. To wrap things up this week, you've caught a lot of heat. Over the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give you the floor to end the podcast. <laughs> what do you have to say to the league to shut them up about Cody Billick's fantasy football ability? You know what? It's my first year in this league. I'm just getting to know all you guys, so it's all cool. I plan to be here for the long haul. Maybe year one is not my thing, but listen, I'm 1-3, and three and I don't plan on giving up. I'm not going to be one of those guys who just, like, you know, sells the farm because his guys aren't uh, putting up numbers. I still have confidence in my team. I still think I drafted pretty well. I think Drew Brees was a huge hit for me being injured. Uh, what was that, week two? Um, as uh, My quarterback situation right now is what's kind of killing me. Um, you know what? Le'Veon Bell's back next week. I'm going to have a, a better week, I think. Um, I know Austin Hooper's going to be my tight end moving forward. I'm past the Gre- uh, Greg Olson, uh, you know, uh, Huge, uh, you know, big deal about him being my keeper and stuff. Austin Hooper is my guy going forward. I got Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, who we said Adam Thielen will turn around after this uh, week against the Bears. Um, I thought Frank Gore on my end was a pretty decent uh, waiver wire pickup. I agree. For the last couple of weeks, I agree. just with Le'Veon Bell being out. I hope that Rams D can pull the shit together. We didn't. You and I both agreed earlier. We did not realize or even think that game would go that high, almost into the hundreds of points overall. 
Well, you would think that Jameis Winston would at least throw two more picks or fumble one one more time in, in that right. game, but <laughs> that didn't happen. Listen, I'm confident with my draft strategies. I'm confident with my team right now. I've had a huge misfortune a little bit uh, the last three weeks. Some here and there. I got to play Bob this week, so I got to send up a huge prayer. But listen, I'm here. I'm excited. This is a great league. This podcast is a fantastic idea, Cody. Thank you. The text chain is freaking awesome. I've never been a part of uh, uh, such an organized uh, fantasy football league, and it's a lot of fun, and I hope to get to know you guys more, and thanks for having me, and let's go on to week five. Perfect way to end the podcast. Thank you for meeting me here at the lovely Outpost. Oh, thanks for coming out uh, my way. Uh, That'll do it this week, guys. I really appreciate your participation. Let's kill it this next week. Good luck to you all, except for Chris Waloka, who I play this week. And uh, And Kevin (laughs) O'Brien. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Later.